Hey guys. Hello everyone. This is Cassie and Danny. Hello. Hey. I'm coming to you from the podcast dome. <sighs> you guys still doing okay out there? <laughs> everyone kosher. Are your stomach growling? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I told you it was. Uh, so, we're here. We're going to do another quarantine tales episode for you guys. While I was doing my homework today, Nugget was being particularly needy because he, <laughs> he has an itchy hairless patch on his haunch. <laughs> so he has to wear a very cute little cat cone. And he's feeling like you really need to rub it in my face that I'm a terrible cat mom. So that's what I did today. <laughs> Other than homework was just be emotionally assaulted <laughs> by my fur baby. Anyway, you do you have news? Do you have anything to share with the group? No. No? <laughs> Alright, well, I guess I'll get right down to business. So... Staying within my theme of women who did shit I would never do. <laughs> Today's moxie lady is Sylvia Earle. And she is lovingly placed in this theme because she was the first woman to walk across the ocean floor. Which seems like a bad fucking thing to try. <laughs> Sounds real scary and dangerous. But... She's fucking, she's incredible. So, we are gonna talk about her. So, I used Wikipedia and I used the Encyclopedia Britannica.com. And the other source I used is called, is mission-blue.org. Alright, so, go ahead and get right into it. Sylvia Alice Earle was born August 30th, 1935, in Gibbstown, New Jersey. It's probably not how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. Sylvia was the second of three children born to her parents, Alice and Louis. Her family lived and worked on a small farm near Camden, where she developed a fascination and appreciation for the wonders of nature through her experiences on the farm and from her parents' empathy for the world around them. When she was 12, the family moved to Dunedin, Dunedin, it's in Florida, where their oceanfront property gave Sylvia the opportunity to explore marshlands, tide pools, and beach creatures. She was an avid swimmer, practiced her deep dives, and spent much of her free time in and around the water. So far, so good. Everything sounds real lovely. After graduating high school, Sylvia attended Florida State University and majored in botany. She learned to dive with scuba gear, which was just recently invented at this time, when she was attending Florida State, and then she graduated in 1955. Over the next year, Sylvia completed her thesis on algae, soup school, in the Gulf of Mexico, and then graduated from the master's program in botany at Duke University. In 1957, Sylvia married American zoologist John Taylor and started a family. 
She then went on to divorce him and get married twice more. Because, well, ain't she don't need no man. <laughs> uh, she completed her PhD in psychology. What's that? That's a good question. I think it's the study of algae. <laughs> this bitch loved algae. She did. She, no, no. Just wait for it. So she got her PhD in psychology in 1966 and went on to publish her dissertation called Phaeophyta of the Eastern Gulf of Mexico, only after collecting over 200,000 samples of algae. A lot of algae talk in my <laughs> research. <laughs> it's like... Well, how about that? Which is funny because I read this really great book called The Signature of All Things. I can't remember who wrote it right now. But is it Gilbert? Yes. Yes. Elizabeth Gilbert. Okay. Wrote it. She's the same woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. So, Signature of All Things is this really just lovely... Uh, easy read about this woman who is obsessed with moss so the whole time i'm doing this research i'm thinking about that book and i was like moss is fucking dull <laughs> algae's is just water moss <laughs> like I mean. It, I mean it's not but like you know tomato tomato and so i was like you know what i really love that these women both fictional and real life, like Sylvia, are just so interested in, like, this thing that nobody thinks about. I certainly don't. It's a very complex thing. It is a very complex thing. I just think it's it was very really, important. It's very fascinating. Yeah, exactly. You learn so much. You do. You learn so much about the health of water yeah. and other things. So... Yeah, it's crazy. And that's exactly what she did with her 200,000 samples of algae. <laughs> okay, so Sylvia's postgraduate experiences were a mixture of research and groundbreaking oceanographic exploration. I took that sentence just whoop right out of the thing that I read because <laughs> it sounded good. <laughs> In 1965, she became the resident director of Cape Hayes Marine Laboratories in Sarasota, Florida. And a year later, she became a research fellow at the Farlow Herbarium at Harvard University and a research scholar at the Radcliffe Institute. All of these things, very important and pretty groundbreaking for a woman in the mid-60s. I don't know what all of them are, but it's very academic and very important. I bet you Neville Longbottom would know what it all was. I guarantee Neville Longbottom would. She sounds like the Neville Longbottom of this <laughs> story. She's Yeah, she totally is. She would definitely know what thing to take so you can breathe underwater. Absolutely. Gillyweed, duh. Gilly oh, thank you. Good job. Way to go. You fucking nerd. <laughs> I am the Neville Longbottom of our story as well. <laughs> okay. In 1970, she led the first all-female team of women aquanauts as part of the Tektite 2 experiment. So Tektite is basically 
what I gathered was that is this big underwater laboratory that looked like two big silos that had like an accordion tube that went between them and teams of like five to ten people lived in them in the ocean underwater i've seen this in multiple movies and it never it never ends well (laughs) it never i've seen the abyss i've seen Uh, deep blue sea i haven't seen underwater but i have seen the commercials yeah i've seen what's that other the meg the meg never goes well yeah it it's also but that sounds like a bad time is this where her story takes a very exciting turn and she gets attacked (laughs) by giant sharks no nope basically i'm done (laughs) shut up so basically this tech tight like i said is this big underwater laboratory it's in it was in the great lamishire bay which is near saint john in the u.s virgin islands so the habitat was located about 50 feet below the surface and during this two-week experiment so these five women are down there living fucking underwater oh wait so there's just women involved in this underwater thing easy there tiger (laughs) what you're turning this into something that it's not no i'm not i'm just saying (laughs) it was just women um yes well that's why it went well yeah exactly (laughs) tech two because there were no dumbass men fucking everything up that's true Tektite 2, so there was also, there was Tektite 1 and Tektite 3. The second one was four marine biologists and stuff like that, and then one engineer. So, but they're all women. Okay, so Tektite 1 and Tektite 3, that's where the men were? Yes. So those were the ones that were attacked in Deep Blue Sea and... Clearly. The Meg. That's how that went down, yes. Tektite 2, we never hear about because all went was swimming successful. well. It was a successful exactly. thing. I love that you thought that I was taking it in a lesbian direction, though. <laughs> well, I'm going to write some fanfic about this story. Please do. I think we have some <laughs> listeners who would appreciate the shit out of that. Me? Okay. Just me. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, so anyway, during this two-week experiment, the five women lived and worked together in a conf- in this confined area, shut up. Much like that of a spacecraft, so they're not only studying Ooh, part two of fanfic, <laughs> international space station with just ladies, right? Deep sea and then deep space nine. Those will be the the two parts. That's right. Yeah. So they they did all these studies about oh you know. Not only, like, physical, like, what happens to your body when you stay underwater for 14 days. With four other women. (sighs) (laughs) Honestly. There's a lot of satisfied women down there. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Anyway, they also, you know, documented their, like, psychological effects and all that stuff. It's really interesting. So they were, like, four, five well-rounded happy individuals yes. because they were in a world devoid of men yeah, for a period of time yes they're like this is great do we have to leave yeah so after that sylvia led numerous undersea expeditions her research took her to places like the galapagos islands china the bahamas all over the place 
In the 1970s, she worked with the National Geographic Society to write books and make films on the life inside the oceans. In 1976, she became a curator and a research biologist at the California Academy of Sciences. Okay, here's her. It's not her crowning glory because she's, she's incredible all around. But on September 19th, 1979, she set the world untethered diving record descending 1,250 feet beneath the surface of the Pacific Ocean in a gym diving suit. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. How, how deep? I'm getting there. Hold on. She's in a gym diving suit, which is a very special diving apparatus that maintains an interior pressure of one standard atmosphere. Do you know how heavy an atmosphere is? Nope. It is 14.7 pounds per square inch. Okay. You're welcome. (laughs) Anyway, so I said that she dove 1,250 feet. Do you know what that is equivalent to? 1,248 feet deeper than I would ever go. (laughs) That is correct. But also, that is the height of the Empire State Building. Nope. So the Empire State Building at the very tippity top of the spire is 1,250 feet. So take the Empire State Building, flip it upside down and stick it in the ocean. Does it have to be upside down? I mean, you could just put it on on the seafloor as well. That's, I mean, yes, also, but it just, I imagined picking it up and like turning it over. You know what? And just trying to mirror image it. The point is, she went as far down to the ocean floor as the Empire State Building goes up from the ground. Which is too goddamn far, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Like you said, (laughs) that's 1,248 feet further than I will ever go in the ocean. Ever. Because I've been in the ocean and it's nothing but scary. (laughs) Every goddamn time. So, she did that, which is fucking incredible. She was the very first woman to ever do that. And like I said, she did. She wasn't tethered to anything. She just plunked on down and then just took a little stroll on the bottom of the ocean, which is bananas. All right. During the early 1980s, Sylvia founded Deep Blue Engineering and deep ocean technology with her third husband, British engineer Graham Hawks. Together, they designed the submersible Deep Rover, which is a vehicle capable of reaching depths of 3,000 feet beneath the surface of the ocean. Many of these little Deep Rover things are what they use in Titanic. Mm-hmm. I was just about to get very excited about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So these, like, she helped design these little robot submersibles that went down and explored the Titanic and explored all over the ocean floor, which is wild and terrifying. Okay. 
Sylvia served on the National Advisory Committee on Oceans and Atmosphere between 1980 and 1984. And then from 1990 to 1992, she was the chief scientist at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which is basically like NASA, but for the ocean, which I thought was really cool. And she was the first woman to ever serve in that position. In 1998, she became the National Geographic Society's first female explorer in residence. Throughout her career, she published over 100 scientific papers and has written more than a dozen books. She also has a ridiculously long list of accomplishments and accolades. She's in the National Women's Hall of Fame. She's a Library of Congress living legend. She's in the Women Divers Hall of Fame. She received the Perfect World Foundation's Award for the Conservationist of the Year. She was given the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Seattle Aquarium. She has also been on the conservation team and was called in to help save the day after the Exxon Valdez oil spill and the Deepwater Horizon disaster that happened in 2010. So, not only is she studying the ocean, but people are calling her and going, oops, we fucked up really bad. How do we fix this? And then she fucking swoops in and saves the day. I mean, as much as one can when there's oil spilled all over the ocean. In August 2014, a Netflix exclusive documentary called Mission Blue was released. I haven't watched it, but I'm going to because I just learned about it today. But, um... It focuses on Sylvia's life and career and about her Mission Blue campaign to create a global network of marine protected areas. So saving the oceans one step at a time. These are just a couple things that I thought was fun. In an interview once, when someone asked like if she had, you know, who her heroes were, she said, I have lots of heroes, anyone and everyone who does whatever they can to leave the natural world better than they found it, which I thought was really lovely. And then just another like fun fact, she's often referred to as her deepness, which sounds <laughs> <laughs> like if you, if you heard her called that, but also didn't know like what she did or like anything about her career you'd be like i don't i don't get it like <laughs> so anyway so she's often referred to as her deepness or the sturgeon general <laughs> because who doesn't love a pun so anyway so that's sylvia earl and uh one of those bad bitches who did shit that i would never do <laughs> She's really, I mean, her, like I said, her list of accomplishments is just so long. She's really incredible. She's been on a ton of lists. She did a, a really great TED Talk. She was one of Time Magazine's first women leaders, you know, in that article. Yeah, she's just really, really incredible. Mission Blue is her organization. It's all about protecting the ocean, making sure we have water, to, you know, to live. 
So anyway, yeah, that's all I got for today. So this has been Quarantine Tales with me. This is Cassie. Did I say that at the beginning? I think I did. Anyway, point is you should go uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. Things are weird right now because, well, mostly it's just me and Peanut Gallery here listening to the cat meow in the other room and missing Kiana. And then Kiana just quietly (laughs) recording her episodes in her room, sometimes with an audience, sometimes by herself. So hopefully we will get back to the huge, you know, sometime soon when it's, um, when it's safe for all of us to do so. In the meantime, would you like to tell everybody where they can find us on our social media? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at that broad Scott Moxie and on Twitter at broad Scott Moxie. Thank you, dear. And then also if you have, if you have some ideas or suggestions, or just fun stories, anecdotes. If you just need someone to talk to because the world is a weird place right now, <laughs> you can send us an email at thatbroadscottmoxie at gmail.com. That's it. That's all I got. Bye. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick it to the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.